0: happy christmas everybody it's that time of the year again which hopefully you're going to have a wonderful time um if you're not as some of my friends are actually in quarantine over christmas Funny enough but hopefully lots of you are going to have a better christmas than they are and to my friends who are in quarantine well if you're watching this i hope you um i hope you have a good retreat have a good practice retreat over the christmas time so here we are i made a bit of a half-assed effort this is it's pretty festive for me it's as good as i get but i'm gonna chat to you a little bit today I think I want to talk in this podcast about the journey different types of journeys into training and part of the reason I want to talk about this is because I kind of do the podcast in clumps I do them in chunks don't I so this is the fourth season or fourth clump of the podcast and this will be the last one so I'll stop this is the 20th that I've done for this um, series and then I'll take a break from podcasts I'm not even sure if I'll come back to it to be perfectly honest or not for a while anyway because um, I feel I've done this and I've done a bit of it and I've had fun and really that's what all this kind of stuff is about for me <laughs> do I find it entertaining Or once I no longer find it entertaining then I'll kind of stop so maybe maybe this is the last one for a while anyway I've got some other stuff to do we've got some other projects I'll still be putting things on YouTube um, but they will probably be in a different format, maybe something a bit more instructional um, or something, but we'll see. So it's, it's an interesting one that in the last kind of uh, year and a half, really, I guess I ventured into teaching online, which is not something I've ever done before. Um, and one thing it's done for me teaching online is, uh, interestingly, is just obviously people globally get access to you instead of just the people that can get to your courses, to your events. So it's kind of opened me up to a whole different uh, bunch of people which I've been interacting with um, online via a Facebook group which has been really nice chatting with them and there's a real spread of people, all different nationalities, both genders, all sorts of ages, you know it's it's been really interesting uh, seeing where they're from and definitely a wide spread of um, experiences that they bring to the table. Actually mostly beginners, mostly beginners but then some people with a background as well but definitely different experience, they've had different practices some come from yoga some come from buddhism some come from tai chi and and all sorts of things like this the the thing that's been really interesting as well is seeing you know the different places people are in their training and that's kind of what I want to talk about now because (laughs) something that happens whenever you get have you noticed if you put a big bunch of people together one thing you get is conflict tends to happen you get people that that butt heads with one another and it gets difficult. Communication is tricky. It's amazing the human species hasn't just annihilated itself through um, civil war (laughs) already to be perfectly honest because it is quite difficult to communicate with somebody, especially if you come from a different background, a different perspective, you have a different um, kind of experience that's led you there. And one of the kind of clashes that I see um, within the, the world of the internal arts is just different types of student, really. People on a different, part of the journey so if I what I started to do was I started to really think about the different stages of the journey that I had been through um, up till now journey's still going isn't it but the different stages of the journey of studying um, the kind of alternative or spiritual arts and and I can kind of see when I listen to different people or I chat to different people that often they are, they are in a different place from one another and often they are in places that kind of reflect where I was at different parts of my journey. I can see it, so I chat to this person from whatever, from America or whatever, and he will be or she will be at that part of the process I was at when I just started out. And then I chat to this other person from wherever, from Europe or whatever, and they are in a different part of the process from where I'm at, where I was at. And because they're at different stages where I've already been, I can kind of understand where they're coming from their different perspectives they have a different take on the arts and then when they communicate with each other <laughs> it's interesting seeing the clash a little bit because they don't necessarily understand that there are different parts of the process and it's not just skill level or something there is a different kind of developmental stage that we go through within these arts or certainly the stages i went through so i thought i'd talk about those and maybe that would be helpful to people and maybe helpful for you to understand maybe where you are in the process maybe it's Maybe your path is is parallel with mine. Maybe it's completely different and none of what I say will, will apply, but we'll see. I think that when people first start out in these arts, okay, they first decided to engage with a practice. And now at this stage, I'm not talking about people that have a really vague interest and they've just sort of popped along to see what's going on, but people have decided, right, wow, I'm really fascinated by this. This is the side of life. I'm really interested. I want to understand these spiritual arts. I want to understand the internal arts. They become what I call a searcher, essentially, a searcher, someone who is searching for something. Now, to be perfectly honest, most of us who start out in these arts are searching for something because we're unsatisfied with what we have. That's kind of the basis of it, isn't it, for the majority of us. Not everybody, but maybe somebody's unsatisfied with the way life is. Maybe they're unsatisfied with society. Maybe they're unsatisfied with the view of the world they've been given. Maybe they're unsatisfied with their life path. Maybe they're unsatisfied with their health. Who knows, could be something like that, but there's generally something somebody is unsatisfied for, so they're searching, they're looking for something. Now, if I think back to when I was younger, well, when I was really young, I didn't really have a choice, I was just kind of taken to the classes, but certainly once I got to a certain age where I was aware of what's going on, I was in that category because I had a deep sense of dissatisfaction and I couldn't really pin, put a label on what it was even necessarily. I couldn't, it was difficult, but generally with life, didn't really suit me or I didn't suit it I suppose, which one's to blame, Um, just didn't fit in. So there was a, a sense of I need something more, there's something that I'm searching for that was like a pull inside me and that was the first stage on the journey, you know something that's pulling you into searching, you're looking for something. At this stage the characteristics of a searcher is they tend to voraciously hunt out information they can get from any place whatsoever, that's what normally happens. So the characteristics of somebody in that early searching stage is they tend to go all over the place. So if I think back to my early stages, like right when I was younger, I was fascinated by Japanese martial arts, Chinese martial arts, Indian yoga, I would go and explore, and then I had to understand Buddhism, and then I'd find Taoism, and then, and then, you know, so on and so on, and then Western sort of occultism. It, it, everything was really interesting. I would search here, I would search here. It's kind of, you can equate it to kind of like a butterfly or something that's going from plant to plant to plant, just something is attracting it and then it's attracted to something else, it's attracted to something else. Definitely at that stage, it equates with that saying that you're digging many shallow holes rather than one deep one. That's definitely true. And I think that what can happen is at the later stages, if you go deeper into art and you find your path, you can look at people in that part of the process and, and kind of go dismiss them or something which is very easy to do. I mean, for example, I've just been in, um, where was I, Bali? <laughs> I knew I was somewhere. I was in Bali for like eight months or nine months or something during, the, um, during this pandemic period. And I don't want to be insulting, but I think it's safe to say that 95% should probably, about that 95%, I'm gonna put a random number on it, uh, of the expat spiritual community, which is what Bali is, largely comprised of, especially a place called Ubud. If you haven't been to Ubud, it's, it's a, a kind of, it's a village, it's a town, it's an area basically that's known as a kind of yoga alternative, spiritual healing kind of place. It's a hippie town, really. Well, it would have been in the 60s. Um, so what you basically have is like a huge expat community, um, people coming in from Russia, America, Europe, whatever, just descending on this town to study whatever they possibly can and normally it's yoga but there's other stuff they're studying as well but i would say that 95 percent of them are really just searchers that's what they are they're in the early stage so consequently it's very hard to find anything of depth in bali definitely it's really it's all pretty shallow um under the guise of depth i think that's fair to say and it's people doing all sorts they'll do yoga in the morning they'll go for a a temple blessing in the afternoon in the evening they'll go for a quick ecstatic dance with a bit of cacao and then at night they'll go for, a I don't know, some kind of spiritual meaning and, and holding hands around a, around a Merkabah or something. I don't know, like it, it's changing constantly. Like people are doing this, people are doing that, people are doing that. They're all at the stage of, of searching, okay? They're all at that first stage really, or most of them, there's exceptions, but the majority of them are there. I, and this is the thing, like you hear that and you'll think that I'm being insulting, but I'm not because that's really, what that is to me is a town of beginners, Ubud in Bali as a town of beginners and that's where you all kind of start out and I remember that stage as well, I wasn't in Bali, I was hunting around Europe to do it and you would go from teacher to teacher to workshop to course and certainly almost every teacher you meet will tell you that's the wrong thing to do but actually I don't think it is, I disagree, I think that it is a wise first step and sometimes that stage can last just a couple of months and for other people that stage can last a number of years. Some people unfortunately never really find what they're looking for, so actually that path lasts forever and they create a kind of new age mulch. But I think it's a wise starting out point because you have to kind of shop around and I think it satiates that kind of part of your mind that wants to know everything. So gaining that little bit of shallow knowledge of all the different traditions I think if people don't do it, it almost comes back to bite them in the ass later. <laughs> you know, it's like you didn't do that hunting, you found this one thing and you stayed in it. And there's always a kind of, there's a sense, there's an interest in the other stuff, in what everyone else is doing. So I think that searching stage is quite useful. I think, I think a lot of people um, benefit from going through that stage. But what you should find is if you are actually genuinely interested in cultivation, then you will naturally start to evolve from that stage to the next stage, which is what I call the student. Okay, The searcher is not a student. Going to see a teacher does not make you a student. If I run a workshop and 100 people come, most of those people are not my students. The ones who consistently follow my teachings and, and try to kind of put my system into place, I would consider them my students, but the others aren't. They're just people that to come in and see what I do, have a chat compare usually blah 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 whatever they're doing interest and, and stuff but they're not my students and sometimes they would say they're my students but they're not they're not students well I shouldn't even say my students I don't own them but they are not students I don't think they're not students in the tradition that I am teaching they are simply people that are coming to have a look and there's nothing wrong with that that's okay no problem at all but the relationship is different it's definitely different it's not so close So what goes on is these people, they hunt, they hunt, they hunt, they search, they search, they search, and then naturally what should happen as usual should evolve, or usually most people will evolve towards being a student, the second stage. Now a student really to me is on one path, sometimes two, if they've got lots of time (laughs) and they're lucky enough to find um, a, a good system, but a student is normally someone that I would say the discernment starts to arise. That's really where that the quality that makes a difference so a student when they're discerning can kind of shed a lot of those things they've looked at in the past and generally focus on one or sometimes two things you know it's they kind of hone their practice in and usually a student what they'll look for is a teacher or a tradition that actually has a basis normally in a lineage or something but that might just be my experience because that's the kind of traditions I come from I know there's people that find that they become students in something a lot more modern or contemporary but I can only talk from my experience. And, and the people that I know that get to that stage, they want something with a lineage behind it. Now, once you become a student, normally what you're trying to do is forget digging all those shallow holes and then dig one deep hole and kind of take yourself into it. Now, I think that the majority of sincere practitioners, I would say, sincere cultivators end up here, end up in the student place, student of a tradition, student of an art, student of a practice. In order to evolve from the searcher to the student, what you generally need is is discipline, definitely. Motivation is enough for the searcher stage, they're motivated to hunt all these different things out, everything's exciting. But discipline is required for definitely for the student's phase, because you don't have the excitement of lots of stuff to look at, variety is gone, all you're left with is depth, and sometimes depth can actually be excruciatingly dull <laughs> because sometimes the level of repetition of something you have to do to pile into that is, is quite high. So you definitely need discipline um, for this. Now, I would also say that while you are searching, early stage, hunting around all different things, what you're doing is you're learning about yourself and if I use the kind of what I saw with the kind of beginner's younger scene in, in Bali, it very much reflects that as well. You're kind of finding out about yourself, isn't it? That's what you do. You go abroad to learn about who you are and you learn about who you are in different circumstances. You learn about who you are in comparison to this art and that art and this person, this person. It's all about self. It's very self-orientated, not selfish, self-orientated. It is yourself, building yourself up. That's really what it's about. So that's the stage that you find out who you are. And then the next stage, when you're a student and you're kind of focused on one thing and this is what I'm going to do, that's often, I would say, kind of self-development. You know, like now you know who you are. Okay, you can't find your path till you know who you are. How are you going to? Until you know who you are, how are you going to know what path suits you? (laughs) You might choose the wrong one. Or what teacher suits you. So you might choose the wrong one. So you have to know who you are. So sometimes you need all those experiences. Then once you know who you are, you can cultivate who you are by practicing that system and then you go deep. Now the student often then has a tricky stage um, because then there's another stage of evolution which is what I would call moving from being a student to an initiate. Now an initiate, someone who's initiated into a tradition, is obviously not going to be jumping around all over the place. And sometimes that initiation can be literal, as in the teacher can initiate you into a tradition. Or sometimes it's more of just a decision, it can even be a mental thing, it's like, right, a student in that this is it. Now at the stage of an initiate, it's a little different because your life and your path kind of intertwine. The student, their life and their path are different, so the student might study decide they want to do yoga. They have their job, they have their life, and then in the evenings they go do the yoga or they do the yoga in the morning before they start the day. It's kind of compartmentalized, you know. They're going deep into one thing, but it's, there's still that, not that integration. For me, someone becomes what I would call like an initiate, and obviously I'm not using the term literally as in there's been a ceremony to draw you in, but it's kind of the next stage beyond a student to me. Once you're an initiate, the life and the practice kind of intertwine, so they're inseparable from one another. So at this stage, everything absorbs, so your life and your practice become harmonious with one another, so the compartmentalization is not there. And after a while you find that every part of your life becomes your practice, and your identity, which I know we talk about that in a negative light often in the spiritual arts, but it kind of becomes entwined with the practice as well. You are, your yourself is now initiated, into the practice. Whereas before yourself was not initiated into the practice while you were a student, you were learning, but you hadn't integrated the two. Hope I made, <laughs> Hope I explained the difference between the two okay. So an initiate really is gonna need a few things. One of them, they're gonna need a background. They're gonna need a lot of knowledge the knowledge base of an initiate is very different from a student it's higher because a student might know the techniques and the methods and things like this you see a lot of this like a lot of the discussion online in forums about Qigong and meditation or whatever is very much about techniques and methods but the initiate is different they tend to have a wider perspective or this will naturally have arisen because they'll start to understand the concept of how the practice and the method actually integrates with yourself and your life. So they have a deeper understanding. They certainly have a deeper understanding than the student and they definitely have a deeper understanding than the searcher, the person who's starting out on the path, someone who's just looking for stuff. There's a definite jump in in knowledge. Now, the the usefulness of being an initiate is that really you can make the practices work. It's like, it doesn't matter how good you are as a student, you will always be stuck in the level of technique and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the stage to go through because the technique is independent of you when you're a student. It's like the teacher has told you to do this, so you, you do it. And the good student follows the instruction, the bad student thinks they know better or adjusts it. But they don't really have the knowledge to do that, so they just have to follow the method. Whereas the initiate is a little bit different because the initiate at this stage understands how the two interact, so they can accurately perceive the exercise is no longer just a method the exercise is a cause that changes the conditions and the conditions are me and then this will lead to the results so at that stage the initiate is able to work with the method in a slightly more fluid or organic manner they can adjust it a little bit to make it work for them um, because themselves and the practice are integrated and that that really is kind of where you start to get towards a stage of getting to the essence of how an art works Now I would say that an initiate cannot do anything, (laughs) could not succeed without one really vital ingredient and that is a teacher, that is a teacher. The searcher can hop around all over the place and meet loads of people and draw loads of ideas and join dots that should and shouldn't be joined together. That's what they do, they're hunting, they're exploring. The student can often just kind of learn the method and the teacher can say do this, like this, breathe this way, look this way, blah, 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 and that's what they have. The initiate is different. They will require a closer relationship to the teacher um, because the teacher will then get to know them and understand how their nature and the practice are going to interact. So normally if you have a teacher that's teaching initiates, sometimes they will even deviate the practice a little person to person. So five people might have a slightly different version of the practice. The practice that suits them, suits their nature. So there's a very different relationship that's taking place um, between the teacher and the student as you move through these arts. And to move towards the stage of an initiate, you have to kind of earn the relationship with the teacher, I would say. Or that's in my experience, that's what I've had to. I've had to earn the trust of the teacher and open myself up to the teacher and let them know more about me. I learn more about them. And it's just like a, a kind of friendship, a bond that's deepening, a very respectful bond that deepens so that they can understand how to set that pattern up within you to help you flourish in those arts. Whereas the student, the stage before, doesn't really have that close relationship with the teacher so much. He doesn't know you on a personal level, or she doesn't know you on a personal level. So it's, um, it's not so easy for them to adjust it, the, the practice. So it, there's definitely a sequential stage of progression. The initiate will never manage to get here through books or DVDs. DVDs are gone now, aren't they? Don't even know, do they exist anymore? Who knows. But they will never get there through that. You'll never get there through online. You'll never get there through your intuition. You just won't. I've met loads of people on the path who think they have intuited a practice. They haven't, they haven't, They're not really. You need a teacher, you need a guide, you need someone. And this is partially why a lineage with a tradition behind it is very attractive to someone who wants to go down this path because they know that they need that background and they need that support. So once you're an initiate, which is the natural evolution for a lot of cultivators. Remember I'm saying cultivators, not people who are doing it as a hobby, you know, someone who really wants to kind of go deep into these arts. You then really, I think, have three stages of relationship with the teacher. Um, or this is my experience anyway of that. So what the initiate has three stages of the relation deepening. So you've already been a searcher, then you've been a student. Now you're an initiate. Now we've got three more stages. The first stage is testing, testing. I will, I find that the classical teacher will always test the student, and it's not sit down write an exam or perform this sequence in front of me or something, it's a little bit deeper. It might have those components to it, that's true, but there's also um, an aspect of it where the teacher is kind of testing the waters with you to kind of find out who you are. It might sound weird, but you can almost um, equate it almost with an early intimate relationship. I'm not implying that the relationship between teacher and student should hit that level, but you know what I mean? There's a similar thing when you get to see someone that you're getting close to, you kind of test the boundaries a bit, don't you? So there's a bit of like, what, how does this work? Well, how does this view go with this? And and that kind of relationship, that interaction takes place between a teacher and a student in the early stages of them being an initiate as well. The teacher's not just testing you, they're also testing how they fit with you. In some traditions, they call this nine years sweeping the floor at this stage. And nine years might be a metaphorical number, but it's also chosen because, I I believe, I believe it's also called nine years sweeping the floor because from what I've seen, at about nine years into any art, most people quit. (laughs) That's what seems to happen. If they get through the first couple of years, if they get through the first three, they'll get through the next couple, then at the nine-year mark, A lot of people will quit they'll stop it's like something in us there's like a clock built into us that i've done this thing for nine years i can't take it anymore i'm done some people won't even get there but there's a very there's a threshold you have to pass and i recognize that in myself because i've been in various traditions and with various um teachers and some of them at the nine-year mark there's almost like a real crisis of faith it's like an existential panic with what you're doing that kind of kicks in and and sometimes it turns into frustration and sometimes kind of projection of annoyance onto the teacher for some reason, that nine year. And if you just kind of go through it and come out the other end, then actually there's almost like relief. It's like you, you open out into this space, this plateau of kind of reconnection with your art that comes after, after that nine year mark. So it is quite funny, isn't it? That from what I, and I see this in, not just in people that I've taught, but also in other schools I've been in that after nine years, yeah, people are ready to go. But that's, that's so I think, in my opinion, that's partially why they call it nine years sweeping the floor, because that nine years was the testing period that the teacher did. They were watching and waiting and seeing to see if the person got past that nine years. They might not make you sweep the floor, hopefully they're teachers and practices, and they're still getting to know you as well, because it takes that long to get to know someone, I think, really, human beings are very complex. So after this, and I'm not saying it has to last nine years, although I've had teachers (laughs) where it did, Um, but I can see why, and then after this, you have what I call the transformation process, you become an initiate, you've got the testing period, which might be up to nine years, but hopefully a bit shorter if you're lucky, and then you have the changing process, the transformation process, and this is really where the teacher transforms you. Now, some people won't like this, and I think actually, I can see why, I think it's, there's a lot of trust, there's a lot of faith you have to have in your teacher, but hopefully you've been through the initiation phase phase where you are also testing the teacher a bit to see if you fit, you know, and once you have decided you fit, then there's a certain degree of trust and faith in the teacher's knowledge, skill, and guidance, um, and then the teacher will transform you. That's what I see over and over again. And really at that stage where you are transformed, that is where the teacher has gone yeah, you are a person I decide to teach. Really, I would consider that is the earliest stage that the teacher would consider you a student. So I see people talking about students. Oh, two hundred students on this course. I have eight thousand students. I have ten thousand students, or whatever. That would be a big school, wouldn't it? I don't really think you do. I think what you have is hundreds of people. If your school's that big, that are listening to you and taking stuff on board, and and you might be helping them in their instruction, but they're not really. You don't have that close teacher-student relationship. You can't have that for many, many years because you have to have been through the testing process and not many people get past that nine-year mark. I think you very rarely, very few people develop a really strong teacher-student relationship, reciprocated relationship, which should not be a relationship of power. It should be a relationship of kinship, almost brethren. It's kind of like the older brother or the older sister guiding the younger brother or the younger sister is a healthier way for that relationship to manifest, but it takes a long time to get to that stage. And if there is the trust and the openness, then that is where the skilled teacher should be able to transform the student, and the transformation should be to transform them into a vehicle that is more effective for the cultivation. The methods that the teacher would use to transform the student are definitely not the same as a searcher would experience, definitely not a the teacher wouldn't waste their time and and b it could almost be a bit damaging to the student as well because it's quite intense and quite disempowering if you're not at the right stage and it's not the same as a kind of transformation a standard student would go through definitely it's like when someone is a lot deeper now this might sound a bit woo-woo or a bit esoteric but those transformation techniques can be anything from verbal guidance through to instructions for the way things you should take on in your life through to direct transmission. So direct transmission is essentially the planting of the seed of information. Oh, I forgot I had a bubble there. I caught it, that's weird. Um, A direct transference of a seed of information from their mind to yours, which literally reconfigures and changes you from the inside out. It's like a whole new birth, reborn, into the vehicle that is more effective for this art. It's hard to explain, but for many people in the west they would associate it with cults or disempowerment or they'd be frightened of it or something but this is why you have to have the process of going through the searcher to the student to the initiate to the testing process before the transformation takes place and only at that stage of transformation can you really be said to be embodying the art now i think until someone's been through that transformation process there's many things in arts they shouldn't really teach not the deeper aspect of it not the spiritual part of a tradition. I think someone who hasn't reached that stage can sometimes teach the methods and the tools, but they shouldn't really teach the deeper part of the art until they've been through that transformation. The transformation process really is designed, you can think of it like this, a lineage or a tradition essentially is a system that's been passed down generation after generation, hopefully contains the seed towards some kind of connection to spiritual, Elevation, this is kind of the idea of it, right? Um if it doesn't contain those, then we say a lineage is broken, a lineage is problematic, or something. It's not just who taught who, they should actually be within spiritual traditions, anyway. It's not quite the same in martial arts, but in spiritual traditions, there should be an actual seed of a connection to source. That's really what it's about. Now, if that thing is there, that potential is there, that seed, then you can kind of think of it like A radio station that we're able to tune into all right this is a metaphor I'm not talking literal but we're able to tune into it if the radio is built in the right way so the transformation of you is slowly converting the way you think the way you feel your way you see things to get you to a stage where you're able to pick up that connection to the tradition and then when you do your practices the practices will water that connection to the seed until eventually hopefully you kind of embody the tradition or you you achieve some kind of awakening this is how it works right now modern people in the west might find some of those ideas difficult to encounter or difficult to comprehend or even to believe in but that doesn't matter like people's personal belief is irrelevant with regards to something like this this is how the traditions work and this is how they've been viewed by the masters and this is how things are passed on it doesn't matter how many times we always want to talk about theta waves and delta waves and blah 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 blah. There are deeper aspects to these arts for sure. When someone is initiated and they go through that transformation phase and they're trying to align you with source according to the path that the tradition is trying to put you through, then the next stage is what we might call discipleship. Discipleship It's a loaded word, isn't it? Because disciples, obviously connection to Jesus and his disciples is a religious context what a lot of people, especially in Europe, will have difficulty with, they won't like. Um, And also there's a difficulty with it, it's quite disempowering on some level, or it can be, it's quite cult-like again, isn't it? Um, And I think that's true. And I think the reason is that, I think the reason is that many teachers, these, oh God, I'm gonna get in trouble, aren't I? not to get in trouble I'm not mean it's gonna make me sound mean but I don't feel mean about it I feel like I'm just stating a fact I will counter it. I tell you what I'll say something mean and then I'll counter it by saying something positive afterwards because it's Christmas so uh, it's good I'll say something happy afterwards I think that the problem is that a lot of teachers are kind of emulating this process but they haven't been through these stages I've talked about themselves they probably they've been through searches everyone's been through that haven't they and maybe they've been a student and I think a lot of people became an initiate and actually couldn't get through the testing period, so they buggered off and started teaching. I think that's what actually, I see that happen a lot. And then they produce students that become teachers, they become students, and then actually, then the lineage is broken, it's lost. (laughs) It's a little bit of a problem. There wasn't that close relationship with the teacher, so there's no connection to the lineage. And then you have the problem, a lot of people are just intuitively deciding that they should be teachers, and they haven't been through that process themselves as well. And what's missing, or the, what is missing, is there is a self-development process. There is a forging process that you go through, that your connection spirit goes through, as you go through those stages. And if you haven't been through those stages, then you can't take somebody else through those stages. So it, it's, it's like a major part of it. So I think that's where the problem is. So then when they start taking disciples, as you might call them, door students maybe is a better term. And they maybe they even have a baisha ceremony or, or something like this to, to mark the occasion. They don't have the maturity themselves. They don't have the maturity. So really when they're taking the disciples, It's all about them i have disciples and as soon as you think you have disciples then it's not really about the disciples it's not about the students anymore it's about you and consequently there's a lot of expectations back and forth and it becomes distorted then it becomes cult-like dominating controlling manipulative that's unhealthy whereas hopefully if a student has been transformed through that process over many many years and got to the stage where they have a connection to the lineage to the tradition They understand that discipleship is about the disciples. (laughs) It's about the, take away the word disciples. It's about the close students that you are teaching. It's not about you anymore, it's about them. And as soon as you understand it's about them, then you can kind of step yourself out of the way. And that kind of manipulation doesn't have to be there and those cult-like behaviors aren't there. But it's very rare to find a teacher, it took me many years, to find a teacher that was mature enough to or developed enough to take me into that process without there being issues. It's like I got several times in my development close to the source of certain schools and then I had problems because the teacher after a while wasn't mature enough really to deal with that situation. Maybe wasn't even mature enough to deal with the intensity of what I wanted as a student. So that became problematic and then I, you can kind of see where the distortions come from. It was unhealthy um, and then in other cases actually, to turn that around. There was times when I got adopted very closely to students, probably a bit early. I think that was a mistake they made. They maybe overestimated where I was. It was a bit early in my developments. That's not their fault, that's my fault. But maybe they mistook my keenness for appropriateness of where I should be. So consequently, I wasn't mature enough for that relationship, so I caused problems. So that ended up severing, and and that was all my fault. So that that issue, you know, it's a very complex one, but then eventually you keep searching, you keep searching, you keep going transformation process, and then you click into a tradition, and then that relationship is set up right and healthily, and then at that stage, you can really start exploring the deepest parts of a tradition, and I would say that at that stage, you're really on the sort of deep path to cultivation, that's really where you want to be, if you're a cultivator, and you're going to go through the traditional lineage kind of path, rather than a contemporary system this is where you want to be that's where you want to get to so i don't know if this is helpful or not but i just wanted to talk about it to kind of sum up this sort of podcast series my random chats <laughs> to largely strangers on the internet um because i think that every part of that journey serves a purpose and sometimes what you get is dismissiveness of it because the searchers who are doing the yoga one day pilates the x are fucking sensory deprivation tank and then some ayahuasca and then some hand-holding and a bit of kirtan. They are looking down, often they're looking down on people that are initiated into one tradition because they say, oh they're small-minded, they're stuck in one thing, they're overly rigid, it's dogma, but they don't realize that actually that's often a natural progression that's taken the person to that stage and often the people further down the line who are in that stage look at those and go, oh they're just wasting their time floating around like butterflies from place to place and I fall into that trap, I fall into both traps actually, because I've been both people at different times, but they don't understand that that's a part of their process too, that is a part of their journey that they need to go through, and it even becomes difficult for those two parties to even talk to each other, because the searcher's not going to listen to that person's advice, to the initiate's advice, because why should they? Because the problem with the searcher is they often haven't even acknowledged that there might be someone who knows more than them, this is If I were to pick on the negative trait of a searcher it's that they think the whole path is about equal knowledge and everybody's right and everything's interesting and everything has its place and that's where they need to be but they can't even recognize that the person might actually have a bit of knowledge they don't so they can't listen it's like a kind of unruly child that doesn't listen to his parents but actually that's a developmental stage you need to go through and then at the same time this person up here, the initiate, won't listen to the searcher because they see them as a child, when actually often there's a kind of joy, joyous excitement, a joyous excitement in the searcher's path that's lost in the initiate's path. The initiate path is often quite foreboding and becomes quite serious and a bit intense and 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 they might get really fascinating, really deep, but they forgot the fun. Sometimes you have to remember that the searcher has a lot more fun than the initiate, and there's something we can learn from that, that lightheartedness, because that lightheartedness can get lost as you go deeper and deeper in tradition. It becomes intense. you know. Like The further you go into this line, the more intense it becomes. So it is difficult, and I think that the communication between the different people on the different paths is difficult, is difficult. But I do believe, and my experience has shown me, it's not just a belief, is It, it is a belief, but it's based on experience. My experience is that this path is the natural progression that cultivators will go through, whereas hobbyists, if you like, won't. They'll kind of stay on the earliest stages and that's cool. That's marvellous for them. And often people who have too many commitments in life will kind of get to the student stage and get stuck there. And that's cool too. That's what they're capable of doing. They've got wife, they've got kids, they've got job, they've got commitments, they've got responsibilities. That's as much as they can do. That's cool because the initiate one is difficult. But the path is definitely, from what I can see, searcher to student to initiate that goes through the testing phase to the transformation phase to the discipleship or inner door stage where you really, that's a proper initiate, initiated into tradition. Now, people who are students and that kind of stage can become teachers. They definitely can. They can get to the stage where they teach and they teach well and and very, very good. I don't think a searcher should ever teach I don't, and I think that's a problem. Again, I saw that in Bali, but I also saw it in Thailand. I saw it in myself when I was younger, when you're an arrogant kid and you think you know more than you do, that you think that you've gained all this knowledge by looking at all these things, but you're not. You're still finding out about who you are. You shouldn't teach, I don't think. I don't think that's wise, or not on a serious level anyway. But the student can teach, they can become a teacher, but only initiate will ever become a master. If they haven't been through that nine year sweeping of the floor, the transformation, then the full inner door teaching to discipleship, they won't become a master, not, not really. I don't think it's possible. It's like the groundwork's not there. You haven't laid the right soil for the right plant to grow. Now after the majority of my life, all of my life really, being in these arts one way or another and around different communities, I've seen many people But do remember, I've only talked about the Eastern tradition. I've always been around the Eastern traditions. I have a little knowledge of the other stuff, but I've always been around the Eastern stuff. So maybe I should state that and limit my expertise just to this field, okay, my knowledge of this field. I would say that I've seen lots of people go through this process, and then I've seen lots of people try to bypass this process. And the ones that try to bypass this process, they don't really manage it. Like, I don't see success on that level to continuing towards a deep level of cultivation what i see is great things they might become healthier they might become happier which is cool that's amazing brilliant they might have a good interesting view on life and that might enrich the rest of life that's cool and i think most people that's what they want but they will never get to the core of what a tradition is and should they like does everybody want to um still not convinced I want to (laughs) but should you want to like surely that level of intensity is only for those intense people that that's what they feel are calling to so I think that's quite um, I think it's quite a small percentage that get to that stage really it takes a lot of years as well and I think if I want to summarize those types the searcher is about finding about who they are the student is about developing who they are the initiate is about allowing somebody else to become involved and really to help transform who they are and then eventually seeing through to the truth of who they are, which is not what you think. <laughs> it's almost like they have to let go of the very identity that was discovered and built at the stage of the searcher and the student must be let go of at the latest stages of the initiation. But it can only happen if the initiate has been transformed by the relationship with a teacher and a connection to a lineage. Hope that made sense maybe that was really confusing i don't know um i just wanted to kind of conclude my talks really and kind of chat about this and again it wasn't planned just spontaneous and kind of introduce this idea because i don't want to say one stage is better than the other definitely not i've met some wonderful people who are on the searching phase and lots of my friends I, who I know personally, I think they're doing that, and that's cool. I love seeing the excitement and the exuberance they have all the different things. It's kind of like when you're being surrounded by kids running around, it's cool, like really fun. And I've got lots of friends and lots of people I teach actually on the student stage, and that's cool, that's really marvellous. And they're definitely in a different place, and, and you can see them trying to communicate, it's, like a, it's interesting. And then I got, obviously, peers, a lot smaller, that are in the initiation phase, and then I've got close friends who are further than me into the stage of um, mastery, definitely. But that group gets smaller and smaller and smaller. But each has their role, each has their place, and each has difficulty communicating with each other, but each can learn from the others in different ways, different aspects of, especially, the kind of nature of the training. And I think that that's fascinating, One of the greatest parts of all these arts for me is the community that builds up around it. Not just the results, but just the variety of people you meet doing different things and at the stages they're at. Um, So yeah, I'll conclude that there. That's my Christmas thoughts that maybe I'm going to ponder as I carry on into the new year, really, the nature of the path, because although the nature of the arts are very interesting to me, obviously, because I teach them the nature of the path is also very interesting to me as well because I have to be able to try to assist people who have put their trust in me to move through that process themselves. And um, so consequently, I have to spend a lot of time thinking about such things. And I'm not saying these are fixed ideas or conclusions, they're just where my mind is right now. So that's my ramble for the day. Have a good Christmas, enjoy yourselves. indulge, I suppose. I think as a Chinese medicine practitioner, I'm supposed to tell you not to indulge and to be healthy, probably, but it's Christmas, like whatever. It's been a rough couple of years, isn't it? Go eat loads of shit food and drink stuff that's bad for you and just enjoy yourselves and fix your health in January. Sod it, you'll be all right.